It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 931- one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study we welcome you into the virtual bible study this is the virtual bible study for thursday december 23rd 2010 the next the last program for 2010 we're glad that you're here my name is jacob Gwynn. my father greg Gwynn is here hello dad yeah, Jacob, the, use, the way you said that next to last, you almost acted like it's com- the virtual Bible study is coming to an end. For the year. Oh, for the year. Okay. All right. Yeah, we, Lord willing, Lord we intend willing. to go into right. two, 2011 as well. But uh, as you say, we're nearing the end of this calendar year for sure. By the way, that reminds me of something, Jacob, we should mention. Oh, yes, we, we should. We have mentioned it in years gone by, but we haven't mentioned it this year. The College View Church of Christ publishes a Bible reading calendar every year. It, it's a, a calendar laid out for the whole year, obviously. And it has five Bible readings each week. So you read five days. If you miss a day or get behind, you've got a couple days to catch up. It'll take you through the whole Bible in a year. And it does it in sort of chronological fashion, especially in the Old Testament. It goes, the readings are arranged in such a fashion that you read through the Old Testament in a chronological order rather than just book order. And uh, we think it's a really good reading schedule. We've been doing it for a number of years. If you'd like a copy of that, um, if you'll send us an email and give us your snail mail address, we'll get that in the mail to you. And now these are small. They used to be uh, rather bulky wall-hanging calendars. These are small, fit-in-your-Bible kind of calendars. Exactly right. Okay. So, uh, again, if, if, you want, if you want one of those calendars, uh, just send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. It said, send me a calendar, but you got to give us your U.S. Can't email that thing. Yeah, we can't email it. we got to have your U.S. mail address uh, so we can get it in the mail to you. All right. Uh, so send that in, and it's free of charge. Uh, if you'd like that calendar, let us know, and uh, we'd be glad for you to have it. All right. Well, we've got an interesting program for the next to last program for 2010. Jacob, uh Kind of an unusual topic tonight, but I think it might generate some good discussion. I suggested to our update list earlier today that we wanted to talk about questions the Bible doesn't answer. And of course, your like first, an oxymoron. Yeah, of course, your first response to that, how are you going to talk about what the Bible doesn't answer? How are you yeah. going to answer what the Bible doesn't answer? But uh, we want to make some observations about it. The Bible doesn't tell us everything. Okay. And uh, so we want to make some observations about that. To our update list, and again, you can always get on the update list if you're not by sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com and just put in the subject line, add me to your list. But here's the questions we sent out earlier today. List the top three historical incidents in the Bible that leave you wishing for more details. The Bible has a lot of history in it. It tells a lot of things that happened among real people. And uh, I think most people say there's a few of those stories I'd like to know a little bit more about what was happening there. Okay. Uh, that's the first question. Second question, list the top three biblical doctrines that you'd like to have more information about. Every once in a while we get people who suggest, you know, that maybe they think the Bible is unclear or uncertain or there's not enough information. Now, I'm not sure I agree with that. We're going to talk about that. But okay. what kind of Bible doctrines would you like to know more about? If you, if you could ask for more information. 
Number three, why do you think God did not reveal the details or give more information about the things that you listed? Correct. Uh, in those previous questions. Number four, is the Bible sufficient to meet mankind's needs? Yes or no, why or why not? And then finally, the fifth question we ask, will our unanswered questions be answered in eternity? You know, every once in a while, Jacob, you hear somebody say, well, we won't have the answer to that till we get to heaven can ask the Apostle Paul. I've heard people say that all my life. Is that the kind of thing that we'll be able to do, or will that be doable? Will we have the answer to those unanswered questions? Or is that a question that's not answered? Or is that an unanswerable question? Okay. So that's what we want to talk about tonight. If you haven't sent in your question, your answers to those questions yet, uh, there's time for you to do that. You can email them, or if you're in the chat room, you can send them in uh, real time there, and we can take your comments there. If you're in the chat room tonight, uh, but you don't have a username, you cannot comment without a username, but you don't need an account. You just click on the guest button and type in your name, and uh, you can give yourself a nickname as a person has done in there. Literally, their name is a person, and so maybe you could be a person number two. Uh, but uh, if you just need to uh, give yourself a name, and then you can share your comments with other listeners. We're glad you're out there. We're glad that uh, you've joined us for this period of Bible study. We look forward to looking to God's Word for answers to uh, these important questions about uh, questions the Bible doesn't answer. Now, Dad, uh, you know, it may appear uh, with a topic like this that uh, maybe we're just uh, to the point where we're running out of topics. Uh, You know, you choose, you want to talk about questions the Bible doesn't answer. It's not that we're running out of topics. In fact, how many people do you know who have had their face shaken and maybe even destroyed because of questions the Bible didn't answer? They got all hung up on these questions and uh, and it really destroyed their faith. Yeah, I, I think there's a there's a use to this. We're not, as you said, we're not just trying to fill time. There's there's a use to this kind of discussion, and I think we can make some valuable and necessary observations about the kind of things God has not revealed, and and maybe put to rest some of those doubts or concerns that people have. But I, I just think it's interesting to to think about some things. Uh, for instance, some of those historical incidents. I've got a handwritten list of things myself. Can, and I'm just going to read my list, and we'll get to some of those that the, the listeners have suggested. Uh, would you, wouldn't you like to know for sure who wrote the book of Hebrews? Oh, some people think they know. <laughs> some people think they know. I, I've, I've got a. I mean, if, if you press me, I would say I think likely the Apostle Paul wrote it, but it's not provable. Wouldn't right. like. We'd like to know that. Yes. Uh, Talking about Paul. It makes your sermons a lot easier. You just say like Hebrew, right? You can just say Paul. Yeah, right. That's a little yeah. awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, or talking about Paul, wouldn't you like to know for sure what his thorn in the flesh was from Second Corinthians 12, verse 7? Yes. Don't know for sure. I mean, we might have some guesses or speculation, maybe some good speculation, but we don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, how about Jesus' early life from birth to age 12? And then... Beyond that, from age 12 to about age 30. Uh-huh. We don't have any information about it. What was going on there? Yeah. What was he doing during those times? Mm-hmm. be interesting to know. Yes. Um, uh, whatever happened to the woman at the well in John chapter 4? Mm. After Jesus left Samaria, having taught her and, and her neighbors and a number of, uh, quite a number of people in Samaria, what happened to her and those folks? I don't know. How what, did, you know did she get a divorce? I don't know. Did she leave that man she was yeah. living with that she shouldn't have been living with? Uh, you, or, you, you certainly hope so, but uh, what about the Ethiopian eunuch when he got back to Ethiopia? Mm. What happened to him? How, how did he do? How did the queen take it? Yeah. Uh, here's one. What about Joseph, the husband of Mary, mother of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Uh, why isn't he mentioned later on? He's only mentioned at the time of Jesus' birth 
And he took, of course, Mary and Jesus to Egypt, then brought them back. Right. But beyond that, we don't hear anything. What happened to him? Was he dead by the time we get to the later life? Well, we do read about it. He was still on the scene when Jesus was 12. Right. But later then, he was not spoken of. Uh, was he dead? Uh, did he forsake God? Or why don't we hear? About it? That'd be interesting to know. I think. I mean, uh, um, what about Old Testament accounts? Moses. Moses was raised as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you like to know what he did during those times that he was in the royal palace? You know, there there is some historical indication that he might have been a high-ranking officer in the Egyptian army. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that for sure. But it'd be neat to know, I think. Um, the men who were with Saul of Tarsus when he was on the road to Damascus. Right. They, they, they didn't hear everything that went on between Saul and the Lord as they spoke. But they were aware of the amazing, amazing circumstance yeah. that went on there. And they led him by the hand on into the city of Damascus. What happened to them after that? Mm-hmm. Did were they converted? Uh, uh, did they become believers and so forth? Uh, I don't. I've got I've got some more stuff there. But just, just those are the kind of things that I think are kind of intriguing to think about. But there's there's no answer to that. If you had a chance to get more answers to those kind of things, would you like to do so? Well, uh, James has, in uh, Columbia has some that he lists. He'd like to know what the world was like uh, in general prior to Noah. You know, it, the cataclysmic flood, uh, you know, it, it makes you think that uh, the geography has changed or the geology of things has changed. Uh, what was it like before uh, Noah? And maybe even the environment, the uh, the atmosphere and things have yeah. changed as well. I think that we, there, there are some hints. Indications. Some indications, but you know, the Bible doesn't speak of it specifically. Right. Uh, he talks about the development of nations after Noah. How did that go? You know, we know that it began at the Tower of Babel. Right. But what... I mean, there's a lot of unfilled out history there. And here's an interesting one. He'd like to know about the amount of time in the Garden of Eden prior to Adam and Eve sinning. I've wondered about that myself because the Bible doesn't put a time frame on it. Could it have been thousands of years? No, it couldn't have been thousands of years because they didn't live that long. Well, well, when did they start marking age? That's true. No, did he... Did he start marking age the day he was created, or did he start marking age after the fall? Right. I don't. I'm not sure about that. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we wonder. And the indication is they didn't have any children uh, at this time because you know it mentions only Adam and Eve being cast out of the garden. So yeah. it may not have been much time. May not. Knowing I, man, it probably wasn't. If if I if I was guessing, I'd guess it probably wasn't long, but we don't know. Okay. We just don't know. So those are interesting questions, yep. James. I agree. Um, uh, we got a, a new listener, Mohan, in Chicago, Illinois, and he just mentions one thing. He'd, he'd like to know more about the exact date of Jesus' return. That probably goes to our second question. We're going to ask about doctrinal questions. Let's save that one and go to that. Okay. All right. Uh, Phil in Spring Hill, Tennessee, he'd like to know more about the creation. It would be terrifying and amazing to know how matter responded as if it was being as it was being formed and organized at God's direction. Isn't that, isn't that neat? I mean, the, the, the Genesis record just says God spoke and the things happened. Mm-hmm. But you, you got to believe it was an incredible thing going on. I mean, just beyond human comprehension to think of all the all that was happening in the physical universe as God created these things. And how does he just speak it and it happens? That's yeah. something you'd be interested to you know, If you could just watch that, that would be amazing. Uh, he wants to know about the flood. Where did the water go? 
You know, I think I might have an answer to that one. I want, I want to talk about that just a second. If Phil is really troubled about where the water went, I, I think we got maybe. I don't a think pretty... he's really troubled about it. He'd just <laughs> like to know. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I think he's. It's not. To, you know, uh, not keeping him up at night. It's just curiosity. Yeah. Uh, in Genesis chapter seven, when the flood began, uh, it says in Genesis seven verse eleven, in the six hundredth year of Noah's life, in the second month, the seventeenth day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened, mm-hmm. and the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. So we got water above and water below that are come converging to. Yeah, the I think there was a. I, I think there was a water vapor canopy that enveloped the earth prior to the flood Mm -hmm. and i think that's what he's talking about when he says the windows of heaven were open god caused that water vapor canopy to collapse that produced a lot of water but also where it says the fountains of the great deep were broken up well there, there was subterranean water reservoirs of water below the surface of the earth that were expelled and so that water came to the surface, but I think what that phrase has to suggest is that there was some violent geological activity taking place at that time. Uh, probably a lot of earthquakes, uh, tectonic plates shifting and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that the, 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 the mountains weren't as tall as they were now before the flood the mountains were shoved up during the time of all this geological activity the mountain ranges were shoved up the continents were pushed up and the deep basins of the oceans were carved out and so what you had uh, as, that's, that, that again is your that's your some speculation, speculation but i think that verse gives basis for some of that speculation and so as the the as as the mountains were being shoved up and the ocean basins were being carved out that water was running off into those deep ocean caverns and the water's still here in in answer to the question i would say the water's still here it's just it's just been collected in some places and i mean the surface of the earth is what over three-fourths water there's still an awful lot of water here uh, and so uh, I would say the answer to that question is the water's still here. Okay. Uh, Phil would also like to know the day God caused the sun to stand still uh, for Joshua and Israel in Joshua 10. He'd like to know how that went. Yeah. You remember there's a great ur- urban legend based upon that. Oh, yeah. It, that didn't happen. They, you know, they, they say NASA. That, they say Na- they were, NASA scientists were trying to figure out the, the location of the stars and planets yeah. Yeah. as they were charting where spacecraft would go, and yeah. they couldn't get it right. And it was off by a certain part. And one of the supposedly one of the NASA engineers said, well, I know why it is. And he brought back this Bible story of, of the sun standing still. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, it, it made up for the for the uh, mistake they were experiencing in their computer models. And that thing has circulated around forever, and it's not true. Yeah. It's been proven that's just an urban legend. Not so they don't go they go they don't go back in time like that to try and figure out the placement of the stars and planets. And okay. So All right. Uh, here's an interesting one. Lancer fan in the chat room says he'd like to know what uh, him, the Lord, and his disciples sang when they were out in the garden on the night of his betrayal. Wouldn't you like to know that? That uh, boy, that would be. Very <laughs> that is interesting. I never even yeah, thought of that. I thought about that. So that's an interesting one. Yeah, that that would be nice to know. Um, Eric uh, is in the chat room tonight, and Erickson's in his uh, comment. He said uh, he'll just pick one. He'd like to know the resurrection of many saints that accompanied Jesus' resurrection in Matthew 27, 52 through 53. And I've wondered about that as well. I have to. And Sharon in the chat room says she'd like to know more about those. Before we even mention this, she said, I'd like to know more about those who came forth from the graves when Jesus was crucified. Okay. 
That's interesting. All right. Very good. Um, and then we have someone who questions the concept of our program tonight, Don in Antioch, Tennessee. He says, I don't believe we should be wishing for more out of the Bible than what God has already given. This would be like questioning God's authorship of the Bible. The only one who can legitimately wish for more detail are those who have mastered what we already have, and who would that be? And I, th- I agree with Don to an extent. We're not, we're not questioning God and saying, God, you messed up. We're just saying out of curiosity. What I think if you, like I think Don, if you listen as we go on, we're gonna we're gonna acknowledge and agree that God's given us everything we need, and we don't need that information. And there's probably, in His wisdom, reason why He didn't supply it all. It's just a curiosity. It's just that there's some curiosity. It'd be interesting to know. We're not saying our faith is shaken because we don't have that information, and we're not casting off on the wisdom of God. We're acknowledging that in His wisdom, He saw reason not to give us that information. We're just talking about. The fact that there's a lot of things. When when you start listing them, as we've been doing here, you find out there's a number of things that we don't have all the information about. So what do we conclude about that? Well, we'll see as we go on in our study. All right. So we'll take a break, and uh, when we get back, we'll continue the discussion. We'll talk about doctrinal things. What are some doctrinal questions that you uh, think that, that you'd like a little bit more information about? We'll take those questions and those comments. If you're in the chat room tonight without a username, click the guest button, give yourself a name, and you can uh, be a part of the comments there. Or you can log in with your Facebook account in the chat room tonight. We'll take a break and we'll continue the discussion. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study will continue right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The Virtual Bible Study will be back right after this. Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks it. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the virtual Bible study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the Virtual Bible Study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time. My name is Alex Dvorak, reminding you to listen to the Virtual Bible Study every Thursday night at 8 o'clock Central Time. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. And we're back on the program tonight. We appreciate you being a part of the program, and we look forward to your comments. As we talk about questions the Bible does not answer on the Virtual Bible Study, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeu.com. Now your mic sounds like it's coming and going, Jacob. Okay, there. How's that? That sounds better. Okay. Um, we, we ask another question. We're going to we, we just deal with this quickly. What about, we, we were just talking about some historical uh, situations we'd like more information about. Have you ever said, oh, what, I wish I had a little more information on some doctrinal subjects? Uh, and sometimes when we think about those doctrinal subjects, did you ever wish maybe you could sit down with the Apostle Paul or somebody else and ask them some questions. And I think some of our listeners agree that they'd like to. For instance, James here in Columbia, Tennessee, says that he'd like to know more about the relationship between predestination, foreknowledge, and free will. i got to agree with James on that one because I think that's the thing that our feeble, finite minds have a hard time comprehending. How could God, especially... Uh, to me, the question may be a little more specific. How can God know the future in such a fashion that he can predict what's going to happen, and yet man still has free will? God can know the future and predict it without influencing the free will of man. And I, 
I don't tell you, my pea brain can't get around that. That's a hard one, I think. I don't think anybody's brain could. All right, and uh, James mentions he'd like to know more about the place where the dead are. We have a pretty good picture of that in Luke chapter 16 in the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Yeah, but it's it's incomplete. It's incomplete. We'd like to know more about and that. I think and, it's highly and, figurative. And maybe, uh, it might add to that, you'd like to know about your own departed loved ones. Mm-hmm. Maybe something about their destiny destiny and location. And then he says he, he would perhaps like to know more about the work of the Holy Spirit. I, I agree. I think that's a, a, a subject that... We, the, the, the scriptures talk about it a good bit, but I still think that it's a little bit hazy as to the complete role and work of the Holy Spirit. All right. And uh, you mentioned this uh, email from Chicago, Illinois. Mohan is uh, sending his comments or her comments. Uh, one thing the Bible does not reveal is the exact date Christ will return. God leaves this out probably since it is not necessary for us to know. We always need to be watching and serving him and doing his work, regardless of when his return is going to be. Eventually, all of us will know when he will return when that day comes. And that is an interesting comment. And uh, I think uh, Mohan gives us the answer, perhaps, to why God doesn't uh, give us that information. But he clearly doesn't. And he's told us he, he this is one of those areas where he didn't give us the information. And he, he even called it out to us that he wasn't going to tell us the information. Um, and... Uh, and I think it, uh, that the, the deduction is correct, that if we knew, we wouldn't uh, perhaps be serving him. There's a group, uh, and they're on the Internet. Uh, they're predicting the rapture. Now, you've got to understand their premillennial uh, terminology there. We don't believe the New Testament teaches a rapture, but they're predicting the rapture on May the 21st, 2011. Uh, yeah, so less than six months away. Yeah, we're trying to get an interview with those people. See if they haven't talk. responded. They have not responded yet, but we're trying to get. But they've actually predicted a date. I hope they're uh, not busy planning their vacation for next summer. I mean, if if I really thought the Lord was coming May twenty first, it would affect a lot of the decision I was making right now. But they say the Bible definitively, without question, says yeah, it's they the said May twenty first. We, we can know that for sure. So we're trying to get an interview with them. It was interesting. I look, listened to their broadcast, and they are taking collections. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, what for? Yeah, I don't know. I was going to ask them that if they ever would let us interview him. Yeah. Uh, we got Phil in Spring Hill who says um, he'd like to know doctrinally about greater sins, though not all, though not accepted by all, Jesus plainly stated that there are such things as greater sins, John 19, verse 11. But we are not given direct information regarding what God regards as greater sins or what the implication are for these greater sins. Had he given more information, man would further seek to justify himself, forgetting that, number one, any kind of sin demanded the payment of Christ's blood, and number two, that God's children are ambassadors for Jesus, not people who flirt with the enemy. That's interesting. I, I'm i not too sure about... Have you got John 19, Yeah, up? it's uh, when Jesus is before Pilate, he said, Thou couldest have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore, he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. Yeah, okay. So I don't know if that's uh, talking about degrees of sin or if it's just sort of a figure of speech. Uh, I wonder if... Or I, I accountability, wonder, maybe. Yeah, I think it's uh, degrees of, of judgment or responsibility or accountability, as yeah, you said. And there is some indication Judas, of that. Judas, I mean, if there's anybody who should have known that Jesus was, in fact, the very Son of God, Judas Iscariot was with him and saw all the miracles and all the signs and had all the evidence. Uh, and so... You know, his he's he's certainly highly accountable 
on on that regard. And yeah. so that may be what Jesus said. But I, I hadn't thought about it in that way. But I think Phil's observations are right. Even if there are greater and lesser sins, even one sin of, of any sort is enough to cause us to be lost. And we don't want to be engaged in any such thing. Well, and that, uh, that brings up uh, a, a question in my mind about... Uh, from. Uh, Closely related to that, Luke chapter 12, verse 47, Jesus talks about the servant that knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will shall be beat with many stripes. And talking about many stripes and few stripes, you know, what, what's the indication there? Well, you know, there are people who believe in degrees of punishment. Right. I, I, I don't happen to, to agree with that. That might be something worth studying sometime on the verse of Bible. So I, don't I think, think we, we have. Have we? I think we've touched on it. Might be worth looking into that a little more thoroughly. I, I, I personally don't believe in degrees of punishment. Again, there, I, I would interpret that passage to suggest degrees of judgment yeah. or accountability. accountability. Right. Um, the, uh, uh, you know, if, if I thought that I could get by with just, you know, just take a few licks. I, if I just have to just get inside the gate of hell and it won't be real hot there, it's certainly not like the center of hell where it's just going to be unbearable. That, to me, that'd almost be an invitation to low living. That, sure. That I could, you know, I don't have. As long as I'm a pretty good person, even if I go to hell, I won't. I won't suffer too much there. And I, I just think that that kind of diminishes the the concept of God's judgment. And Jeff is behind the wheel tonight. Uh, he's in the chat room. Is Jeff Vernon? Uh, Jeff, uh, appreciate you being here tonight. You sent it. You sent in a comment in the chat room. Go ahead and uh, tell us your th- your answer to that question on degrees of punishment. Well, the wages of sin is death. So Romans six twenty three. Yes. So that would that would. Uh, Cause everything, you know, to well, be the same. There's no, there's no, right. the death is death, right? Is what you're saying. Right. Okay. That's a good comment. Good observation. Um, uh, Phil goes on and he wants to know about um, God's love. Is it in the nature, is it the nature of God, uh, the fact that God is love, that causes him to love man? It certainly isn't because of what we can do for God. What? Why does he love me? So that's a, a little great bit question. Of indication that, that, of, yeah. That's a great question. And I, again, I'm not sure our minds can grab that because well, there's certainly nothing of merit in us. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve God's treatment of us. And we don't deserve his love and compassion and care. And so well, that, that's a great question. All right. And we got one more from Eric. He said he'd like to know more about God's omniscience, especially as it applies to future events. And we talked about that. How can yeah. we know the future and not affect our free will in making choices? Uh, that, that's a tough question. All right. Under the degrees of punishment or the uh, of the greater sin, I think the concept, uh, this is Lancer fan. I think Lancer fan is Jim in Mount Pleasant. Uh, I think that the concept is of one who knows what they are doing versus one who does not. Uh, does what they do without knowledge. Judas knew that Jesus, who Jesus was. Pilate did not. Yeah, I I think it's accountability. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So uh, I think we're getting close to a break in Jacob. Let's take that break, but let's let's, uh, give a heads up as to where we're going now with this. So because we we, we just kind of raised a lot of questions without answers. What are we going to do with this? Well, the next question we want to deal with is, why did God not reveal the details and the information, uh, the kind of things that we've been talking about, and then, is the Bible sufficient to meet mankind? Now needs? we're getting down to the meat of the program. That's this is what yeah, we're really we talking about. This is all just for setup. Yeah. Uh, and maybe your question differs from the ones that have been raised, and maybe you, maybe you think the ones that are raised have been silly, and your question is very serious, and you really think you need to have an answer to it. Let's talk about why didn't God give us the answer to these questions? We we'll get back from the break. Uh, we'll get this week's bullet point, and then we'll be back. Uh, plenty of time to take your comments. Uh, why not give us a call? It's toll-free, 877-381-4567. Give us a call now. We'll get you ready to go when we get back. 
or send an email to questions at collegeview.com. Or if you're in the chat room tonight without a username, uh, click the guest button and give yourself a name, and you can send your comments in there. If you're already logged into the chat room tonight, send in your comments now during the break, and that will give us time to read and digest them and incorporate them into the program on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. The world is fully into the seasonal observance of Christmas. While there are many myths and misconceptions about Christmas, there are some facts that we know. For instance, we know that the Bible does not reveal the date of Jesus' birth. God simply did not choose to supply this information. Biblical evidence indicates that Jesus was almost certainly not born on December 25th. The fact that shepherds were in the field at night tending their flock on the night that Jesus was born points to a date that would have been in a warmer month of the year. By late December, the flocks would not have been kept out in the fields at night. The religious observance of Jesus' birth did not begin until several centuries after the New Testament was written. There's nothing in the New Testament that indicates a special Christmas celebration by first century Christians. Many historical references confirm that December 25th was designated by the Catholic Church as a day to celebrate the birth of Christ. The celebration first took place in Rome about 350 A.D. There's clear evidence that this date was chosen to divert a long-standing pagan tradition of worshiping the sun at this time of year. We know that Jesus was born of a virgin in Bethlehem nearly 2,000 years ago. He came to save lost men from their sins, Luke 19, verse 10. We're grateful beyond measure for the wonderful gift that God gave us in sending his son to this earth, but the scriptures give us no authority for a special religious observance of his birth, Colossians 3, verse 17. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hello, my name's Jeffrey Vernon. I'm 13, and this is the Virtual Bible Study. That was me five years ago. Now I'm 18, and I still love listening to the Virtual Bible Study. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3:17. Now back to the program. And we're back on the program tonight. We appreciate you for being on the other end of the line. We'll let you know at this point in the program, this program is brought to you by the College U Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Come and worship with us if you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area at your earliest convenience. Uh, we meet on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m., Sunday evenings at 6, and Wednesday evening at 7. You're welcome at any of these services. Find out uh, directions or find out more about the College of Church of Christ if you're not in the Columbia, Tennessee area by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. If you've never been to our website before, perhaps you are uh, listening to this in a podcast version and haven't visited our website, uh, be sure to do so. Lots of good information there. And you can listen to any of the virtual Bible studies from the past five and a half years uh, by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. Dot com. We're talking about questions that the Bible doesn't answer on the virtual Bible study tonight. And, uh, you know, this is more than just a, a trivial discussion. It's more than just, uh, uh, you know, a discussion of uh, things that we'd like to know that we can't. Uh, there is uh, there's a reason why we want to talk about uh, this. And uh, and that is in your next questions you've asked. Yeah, the, the question we want to deal with now is why do you think God didn't reveal the kind of things we were talking about in the first part of our program? All those historical details of various events that happened, and the and more information about some of the doctrinal questions, maybe that we brought up there just a few moments ago. Why did God not give us that information? Well, the very first observation, Jacob, has to be that God is all wise, and so what He did was best and right. And whether we ever understand it or not, we have to acknowledge that it was the best thing. What He did 
was the best thing for us. And to Don's point, uh, there is some uh, validity to realizing that God knows better than we do. And our minds can't comprehend uh, things on God's level, and so we need to leave it w- where God left it. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, you, know, you know, the scriptures were not written just to satisfy our uh, curious appetite. Uh, and and e- even the scripture itself acknowledges that not everything is in there. For instance, in John 21, verse 25, it says, There are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. And so there's, there's an... Ad- inspired admission that not everything even not everything about what jesus did we mentioned one of the things i mentioned on my list was what did jesus do between birth and 12 years old and between 12 years old and 30 years old what did he do yeah well here's an inspired admission not everything jesus ever did is written here but john 20 beginning verse 30 many other signs truly did jesus in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. What we need for salvation is written. Yes. So it, the Bible acknowledges not everything is there, but it acknowledges that what we need is there. And so, God put in the necessary things, not just not just all the things that would satisfy our curiosity. Well, and so... Uh when God is uh, is what He's doing is He's uh, you know not to not to you know make light of it, but I mean He's saving us from having a Bible that's we can't even carry around. Yeah, you'd have to have a pickup truck just to haul your Bible to church in the back, you know, and then you have to have a forklift to carry it into the church building every time to read it. Uh, if everything was there, we didn't need that. God knew it, and He was able to write what we needed. You know, the Bible is an amazing book when you think about it, its its brevity. The, the, the fact that you can carry right. it around, and yet it is sufficient to every need of man, as we'll talk about here in a minute. Yeah, John 21, verse 25, and there are also many other things that, which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Uh, so, you know, it's it, it would be impossible for God to yeah. to give us answers to all the questions. You, you listed, a, you have a sheet full of questions you have. Our listeners have sent in sheets worth of questions that they have. Uh, it, it just would be impossible for God to answer those, all those questions. Well, not in impossible. A, not impossible, but in a way that we can to use. to put in a book that we could carry around and decipher and use. Right, right. Um, you know, another thing about the way God did it is that the very the, the the very book of the Bible is written in such a style is that it provokes us to want to study it and search it and find out these things. Uh, obviously, there are some things we'll never know. But some things can be discovered as we keep searching. How many times have any of us been talking with others about the Bible or reading it ourselves and come across some? I mean, maybe we've been reading the Bible for 30, 40, 50 years, and we come across some. I never knew that. I, n- I never saw that before. I didn't realize that before. I think the Bible is unique in that sense. Uh, there have been a lot of books written in, t- in the history of the world, obviously. But the Bible is unique in the sense that people can devote a whole lifetime to studying it and still at the end of their lifetime finding additional bits of information that they'd never really contemplated before. Yeah, it sets it apart from any other uh, any yeah. other book. Uh, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Jesus said, Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Uh, 
the Bible is such that it makes us keep hungering and thirsting and searching. All right. Uh, Eric uh, makes a comment, and he says he thinks Acts 17, verses 26 to 27, says that God made us with a desire to seek him. Uh, Dad, I think you would agree with that, and I would agree with that as well, that uh, that God has, there is a desire in man to seek God and to, to worship a, a greater being. Now, if God could give man that desire, do you not also believe that God could could imprint in each person's brain the answers the to all the, the questions? The critical information? Yeah, yeah, he could. He's chosen not to do that. He wants us to search it he out. He wants us to search it out. In the chat room, Nick says, uh, Nick down in Florida says, if, there, if every answer was there, we would be reading and studying all the time, would not have any time to serve. Kind of an interesting way to think about it. If we had all that Just a curiosity kind of answer. If we had yeah. all those curiosities answered, you know, every... Again, we'd have a Bible so big we couldn't haul it around in a truck, but and then we'd have to we'd have we'd be so busy trying to read it we couldn't get anything else done, or we sh- you know we should be you know, that busy. If God chose to tell us, then we'd have to be searching it out and studying it. So that's an interesting way to look at it too. Good question, good comment there. Appreciate Nick for being out in the chat room tonight. If you're watching the chat room but and you'd like to comment. You can join in just by giving yourself a name by clicking the guest button at the bottom of the window. Jacob, another another thing here as to why maybe God didn't give us all those answers. And I think there are a lot of good things being suggested here in the chat room. But would you agree with me that the 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 brevity of the Bible and it and the style in which it is written is actually a subtle sign of its inspiration. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if the if the Bible was a fraud and if it had been written by mere men, I don't think they could have kept back from embellishing those mysteries with more words. You know, those stories, for instance. They would have felt the necessity. No, they just couldn't kept they just couldn't kept themselves from filling in all the blanks. You know, and and the fact that it did. For, for instance, I've thought before about the events surrounding the arrest and trial and crucifixion of Jesus, although they're written about in some considerable detail in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. As as you read that, you notice that the Bible writers didn't say those horrible, nasty Romans, you know, uh, you know, they, they just gave the information. They just laid out the facts and let you supply the conclusion and the emotion attached to it. They didn't, they, they didn't try to, force you into a particular emotional response to that information, they let you supply that emotional response. There's a style there in the writing of the Bible, and in its very brevity, uh, and the fact that it does not give all those curious details, that, that is, I think, a subtle sign of the fact that God is the author of these things. That's, I agree as well. Um, and that, that, that is a very good, good point. Um, Let's look at what our listeners have said about uh, why they think God did not reveal the details or information about the things that uh, they have questions about. Uh, James in Columbia says, because the answers are unimportant to my service to him and my well-being, because I could not understand the answers even if I heard them, is another uh, observation he makes. I agree with both of those. Uh, the, ans- the quest- answers to the questions that you've raised, uh, that I've raised, that our listeners have raised, are truly unimportant in our service to, to God and our well-being. And, and many of those questions we could not understand even if we heard them. Uh, well, I could understand who wrote the book of Hebrews, that question, but uh, that's not one of those that I couldn't understand the answer to. But who wrote it is very uh, insignificant, and it makes no difference in my service to God, yeah. uh, who, the answer to those questions. Exactly right. All right. Uh, let's see here. We've got uh, Phil in Spring Hill says, It does not serve his purpose for whatever reason he determined. 
we could speculate that, one, he doesn't want us to spend a lot of time on things, uh, sidetracked on things that ultimately do not increase our capacity to glorify him. I think that's a great observation. Yeah. Like, two, like Nick said, you know, you spend all the time reading this, this stuff and not. Yeah. yeah, okay. Or number two, he wants us to trust that he accomplished what he said he accomplished without demanding explanation. So it gets into that faith thing. Question of faith. Or three, perhaps additional detail would provide fodder for unnecessary debate among men. Now, right there is a point that I, I, I think we really want to develop. Uh, let me give a, a particular subject as illustration of that. I don't know how many times I have heard people say on the marriage, divorce, and remarriage question. Okay. Oh, I just wish that the Lord had given us more information on that. I just wish that he'd given more detail, been more specific, laid it out more thoroughly or or, 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 or so forth. And I actually think that's asking for the wrong thing and asking for something that would actually be hurtful. The way that God in his wisdom has addressed the subject of marriage, divorce, and remarriage now, we're, we're studying that right now in our Wednesday night class here at College View. But in, uh, the way that God has laid that out, if we will be sincere and honest, we can apply his teaching to every possible marriage, divorce, and remarriage scenario. If he had been more specific, correct, it's very likely that you'd be able to compose or construct a scenario that wouldn't fit, that, that his teaching wouldn't fit. In God's wisdom... He was able to describe it and address it and lay forth the legislation that relates to it in such a way that it fits every conceivable scenario. Mm -hmm. That's his wisdom at work there. And as Phil said, uh, additional additional detail potentially could provide fodder for unnecessary debate among men. I think he's exactly right. All right. Excellent observation there. Appreciate that. And Eric, who's in the chat room tonight, says, I think some details are fascinating to us because they capture our imaginations, but they're not important to us uh, for us to understand what God wants us to know. Other things like God na- God's nature and the nature of Jesus are probably beyond our b- ability to comprehend. And so his his comments yeah. echo what James uh, sent in as well. And I think that's probably right. I mean, he knows that God made us, so he knows uh, our intellectual capability. And so... He he saw there was no value in challenging us with things that we he knew we couldn't comprehend anyway. So that, that may be a great part of the reason why he didn't give us more detail. All right, Don in Antioch uh, says his answer is uh, not applicable here because based on his answer to number one and number two, which he said we shouldn't be asking these questions, he says he doesn't believe uh, we should be wondering why God did this or that. And it is not in us to to understand God's reasoning. No, but I actually think there's a value in the kind of answers that we've just been discussing. In other words, we, we, we realize our feebleness and God's greatness, and we understand that in his wisdom, he, he was dealing with us in the very best possible way. I mean, it, we're, not just, we're not trying to challenge God or question him. We're actually seeing in this his wisdom yeah. and, and, and the fulfillment of, of, of his grand scheme. Yes, yes. We're not... Uh, we're not uh blaming god or casting off on god uh, we're 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 just uh how do we deal with these questions uh that the bible doesn't answer what's the correct attitude to have them towards them and how do we uh how do we come to a to a point where uh we're at peace with the things that we don't understand uh we'll take a short break and we'll take uh time uh, for you to send in your comments in the chat room 
When we get back from the other side of the break, there will be plenty of time to take those comments over the phone, toll-free, in email, or in the chat room tonight. Uh, We go to the top of the hour right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. Hi, I'm Jack Coleman, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a suggestion for you and your family. Why not turn off the TV on Thursday nights and gather the family around the computer for an hour of in-depth Bible study? The virtual Bible study always involves subjects of importance and interest to serious Bible students. So, why not join this Internet Bible study group every Thursday night? I am Nestor Sanchez from Arica, Chile in South America, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And this moment, I invite you to participate in this program, too. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. And we appreciate you for being on the other end of the line tonight. Uh, We appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to join us. And, Dad, uh, we do get uh, a majority of our listeners who listen to us in the archive version but we especially appreciate those who listen to us in the live uh, uh, version. You know, it is difficult to sometimes in the evening to break away uh, and to, to, to uh, devote an hour uh, to something like this. We appreciate you for taking the time and your comments on the other end uh, help the discussion. So we appreciate you being out there. Some of you are in different time zones. I know Nick in uh, Florida is in the eastern time zone, as many of you are. I think Sharon is as well and maybe some others. And uh, our our program starts sort of late for those who have an early bedtime. So appreciate you taking time to be out there. If you listen to us in the archive version, we appreciate you as well. And uh, we would encourage you, if you have any question about anything you ever hear on the virtual Bible study, we'd love for you to send us an email. Uh, Maybe you disagree with us. Maybe you'd like more information. Maybe you'd like us to defend our position. We'd welcome any of those questions or comments. Uh, Send us an email or give us a call anytime. We'd love to hear from you. We're talking about questions that the Bible doesn't answer on the program tonight. And uh, you asked two more questions that we need to hurry and get, get yeah, to tonight. I think, I think the next one is really important, and that is, is the Bible sufficient to meet mankind's needs? Yes or no, why or why not? And I think a lot of our listeners are going to the same verses. And I've seen in the chat room these verses suggested, too, uh, the answer is yes, it, it supplies all we need. Second Timothy three sixteen and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so if it's a good work and you need to be doing it, the scripture tell you about it. Okay. And then Second Peter 1, verse 3. It says, His divine power hath given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. Notice it's past tense. It has been given. And it's all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything we need to know is in the scripture. It is a certainly a sufficient guide for all of mankind's needs. And uh, so, uh, yes, it is. Um, we uh, have some comments uh, from Jeff, uh, from, from James. Uh, James uh, says... Uh, uh, yes, the Bible makes the claim that it is sufficient to meet man's needs, as he references Second Peter 1, verse 3, as you did. He says, plus, there's no aspect of one's life that is unaddressed by this divine wisdom. You know, I think that's another, uh, again, we were talking about how amazing the Bible is. It's, it's, a, it's not that big of a book, and yet it has the capacity to address every situation, every relationship, every moment of every day of your life. 
can be regulated by the plain and simple teaching of the Scripture. All right. Uh, Phil in Spring Hill says, uh, yes, provided we act on it, the Bible is sufficient to meet mankind's needs. Uh, we have been getting everything we need to live godly lives, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Thank you, Phil, for that comment. All right. And Eric says, yes, if it pertains to life and godliness, we have it, Second Peter 1, verse 3. If it doesn't pertain to life and godliness, we don't need it. Uh-huh, that's great. Yeah. And Don in Antioch just simply says, yes. Uh, we've got an email coming in uh, from Anthony in Charlotte, North Carolina, who says, yes, the Bible is sufficient enough to meet the needs of man. He has given us everything we need to know in order to get to heaven. It is our guide, and all Scripture is given from God, 2 Timothy 3.16. We have to believe that it is the truth, John 17.17, 17, and trust that the Holy Spirit gave the men of the first century everything they needed to truly spread the gospel to every person under the stars. The Bible is the only way, and if we say we have the way... see. The Bible is the only way, and if we say we have the way, and if we say we have the way with it, uh, we are, uh, I'm not sure I understand that last phrase. Uh, we're wrong if we don't say we have everything, I guess is what he's saying. All right. Uh, you know, that Jesus made a promise to his uh, apostles just shortly before he was arrested and crucified. He said in John chapter 16, verse 12, beginning, I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Speaking to the apostles, Jesus promised that the spirit would guide them into all truth. He didn't say the spirit's going to come and he's going to give you some truth, and but there'll be some things you, you need that he won't give you because that won't come along for hundreds or years later. No, he said in the lifetime of those apostles, they would receive all truth. And they wrote it down in the scriptures. We've got everything we need. All right. Uh, Danny in the chat room sends in some good verses. He references Acts chapter 20, verse 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. God's word is able uh, to allow us to live in a way that's pleasing to him. And he references uh, Psalm 119, verse 104, Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Uh, some more verses that give us indication that we have everything that we need in order to be pleasing uh, to God. Danny also references uh, Acts 17, verse 11, We've the got noble s- Bereans got to search who, were, who were willing to search it and seek it. Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly right, okay. too. So, uh, again, the two passages that are just repeated over and over again in our emails oh. and in the chat room, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, and 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. And Jack in the chat room has uh, mentioned this before. We should have picked up on it the first time. But he says uh, we don't need any additional revelation. It was once delivered to the saints in Jude, verse 3. Yeah, I think, I think a literal translation of Jude, verse 3, once for all time delivered to the saints. In other words, it's a finished process. It's done. And everything we need is there. All right. Uh, We have time to take your comments. Send them in uh, at chat room or email or over the phone. And, uh, Jeff, you had some comments tonight that you spent some time putting together, and we were going to let you comment throughout the program, and uh, we just sort of slipped by you. Anything to add here? Well, I wanted to point out that uh, Paul warned that even if an angel of heaven came and preached anything other than what had already been preached, he said, let him be accursed. Which let us, which lets us know that the revelation had already been given. True. Right. So, if it, you know, I I have heard it said, Jeff, and I think it's the way to put it. If it's if it's less 
If a message contains less than what the Bible contains, it's not enough. Mm-hmm. If it contains more than what the Bible says, it's too much. If it's just, if it contains just what the Bible says, we've already got that, yeah. and so we don't need anything else. Yeah, right. That that that, that applies to creed books in yeah. particular. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Mm-hmm. All right, we had one. Anything else, Jeff? Are we any okay? Jeff, Jeff is up to date. All right, sorry for skipping over you there, Jeff. Uh, we got one last question that w- w- is, I think, semi-interesting to ask. We we at the start of the program, Jake, if we went through and enumerated a whole bunch of questions that we'd like to have more information about, we talked about you know some historical events, people, places, things that happened, and maybe we'd like some more detail about that. We talked about some doctrinal questions that you know we might, you know, have, have said. You know, I, I'd like to more have more detail on these do- doctrinal questions. Final follow-up question to all this is: Do you think that when we get to eternity, those questions will be answered, or we'll be able to seek out and find the answers to those questions? Because, as I said earlier, I don't know how many times I've heard people say, "Well, I can't wait to get to heaven because I want to have a serious sit down with the Apostle Paul." I got. You know, that book of Romans, is, I mean, there's some things. I've got to talk to him about some of those things he wrote in the book of Romans yeah. and, and get him to set me straight on all of that. Do you think, it, it, when I ask that question, will our unanswered questions be answered in eternity? Explain your answer. That's what I was thinking about, and I, I'm interested to hear your input. Okay, here's the input of our listeners. Uh, James says, the Bible does not indicate that they will be answered. I personally doubt that I will care about the mundane questions I would ask when robed in flesh. I expect to be so amazed by the glory of God that I won't even remember the questions. i, I, I got to agree. I think that's a high, high probability. You know, I, several times tonight, Jacob, we've mentioned our finite minds. And the whole the whole realm of eternity is beyond what we can even comprehend at this time place. And it's and, and what we're what we're inclined to do is try to judge heaven by our carnal uh, understandings now. The, this world yeah. this world kind of understanding yeah. It's not going to be like this world. Yeah. It's going to be totally different. And so I'm, I'm inclined to think James is probably on to something there. All right, Phil in uh, Spring Hill uh, says, I do not know, and I'm not sure we will care at that point. God owes us no explanation, but he may graciously choose to answer our questions. That's completely up to the Lord, Phil says. And, uh, Jeff, your uh, your thoughts on that question? I think we will. We'll, we'll want to do both. I mean, we'll be so happy to be there. But all these questions, you know, we'll, we'll have the blessing of being with the people like Moses and, you know, people in the Old Testament that we never got to meet, you know. Yeah, and just that will be a great blessing in itself. Well, and I think a lot of uh, the questions that we have that are that are based upon the limitations of our finite mind, as you mentioned, Dad. I think that uh, when we get uh, to that point and we we uh, see things more clearly, I think a lot of those questions will vaporize if if they're still if we still have them. Yeah. Uh, in the chat room, Sharon asked, "Will any of those matter to us?" We will be praising and worshiping God. Eric says it's doubtful that it will matter to us. Right. Um, uh, a, a person says, uh, a person literally uh, says, I will probably be so happy that I will be praising God and that I would be in heaven and that I would forget this world altogether. Yeah. All right. And Sharon again says totally spiritual, no physical there. And again, that, I think that's an important yeah. part of we, the answer. We've talked about heaven on the program before and how it's totally different than uh, what uh, many people think it would be, and how that uh, we need to be preparing ourselves by uh, learning how to worship God and to uh, enjoy that while we're here. 
Yeah. Um, we're just not going to... Uh, it's hard for us to measure heaven. John said in 1 John chapter 3... Uh, Beloved, now, this is First John 3, verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purify himself even as he is pure. Even the apostle John said, I don't know what it's going to be like. And we don't know what it's going to be like. But And therefore, we need to be careful about trying to judge things by our earthly understanding and try to apply our earthly understanding to things in that totally spiritual realm. For instance, the question of marriage. You know, I can't um, I can't imagine not being married to my wife. Right. But in heaven, I'm not going to be married to my wife. Right. So there's it's, it's, obviously things are going to be changed tremendously. Right. Right. Uh, Eric says, uh, good question. I see uh, some see the answer to that question about whether these things will be answered in heaven in First Corinthians 13, verse 12. But the context seems to be related to the end of miraculous gifts instead of the end of time. I think that is a correct deduction about First Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, and then Don in Antioch, who remember Don has been uh, somewhat opposed to the whole uh, concept of the program tonight. He says, I don't believe we'll enter eternity with a slate of questions for God to answer. Any questions we now have are created in the weak, ignorant minds we have in this life. And if we bring questions with us into eternity, then we are bringing these awful minds with us. And what would be heavenly about that? I believe that things will be revealed, but not in the format of answering our questions. Who do we think we are to enter heaven hoping to have questions answered? God Does, does God owe us explanations? And I, again, we're not questioning God. Yeah, I think, we're not going. We're not going right. into God and say, God, you you messed up here. How in the world could you have done that? No, we're we're talking about curiosities here tonight. Yeah, yeah. And uh, maybe curiosity. Maybe there's some puzzling things. Maybe some really challenging things. And maybe some of these questions have, have been a, uh, an obstacle and a struggle for us in our faith. Well, for uh, instance, go back to that question that James mentioned. Is you know he'd like to have more information about how can God foreknow? Eric mentioned this too. How in God's omniscience, how can He know the future? But still, we have free will. Right. I I don't think I can grasp it now. I think in heaven I'll be able to understand how that worked. I don't know that I'll have to ask to get that answer. I don't know if I have to sit down with somebody and ask actually ask them that question. But I think I'll understand how that worked, and I don't think I can comprehend that now. Right, right. And, and maybe there's some things, there's some challenges. You know, why why do we have to go through, through certain things, or why does God allow certain things? Yeah. Uh, in, in the chat room, Jack says, uh, read the description of the throne in Revelation. It's ama- it's an amazing description. He says, uh, I think I'll just be prostrate before God okay. in, in such a scene. All right. Uh, uh, AP... 2010 says, I want to meet Elijah and Nehemiah. Uh, we talked, we've talked in on the virtual Bible study before as to whether we'll recognize people mm-hmm. uh, uh, in heaven. I, I'm of the conclusion that we likely will. And to me, the idea of being reunited with loved ones, the the idea of being in the presence of some of those great heroes of faith is mm-hmm. an appealing thing about the mm-hmm. idea of heaven, to me at least. However, i got to tell you, I, I, I think we're going to all be pretty humbled and timid in the presence of men like Elijah and Nehemiah, okay. those great servants of God, and all they did and all the sacrifice they made to serve him compared to our lives is going to be a humbling thing for sure. All right. Um, and, you know, we've talked about some things that are very, some, some of the questions tonight have been very trivial, some of them more significant. And 
maybe there's some really serious questions that we have, or maybe some things that really uh, puzzle us and uh, and are difficult for us. There's a simple fact that we need to remember in Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. It's been sort of mentioned in passing tonight, but that's a, a good way for us to conclude the program. Yeah, go ahead, Jake. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and our, to our children forever that we may all, do all the words of the law. Secret things belong to God, Dad, and uh, we need to leave them there. Yeah, there's this, we've got to be content that that's the way it is. We can talk about them as we did tonight, but when all is said and done, we've got to be willing to say, that's just something God didn't reveal to us. Uh, we, we, he didn't say why. He didn't say why not. We just got to accept it at that. And God's with the just. God's just, and he's fair, and he's right. And we have full confidence he told us everything we need to know. And we can leave it there. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's where we need to leave it. And not allow it to become a hindrance to our faith and a, and a burden to our faith. But uh, just leave it there. God didn't reveal it. God is just. And we can put our faith and our trust in him. And uh, and we know that he will be. Uh, who else would you want uh, your eternal fate left in his in, in, in hands? That's right. Not not some fallible human judge, but the, right. the, the, the just creator of all the universe. All right. Uh, well, we appreciate uh, you for being out there. If you're in the chat room tonight, why not uh, tell us where you're listening uh, before you sign off tonight, we'd like to know who's out there. Uh, Dad, we appreciate your time. Thank you, Jacob. And uh, Jeff, thank you for being behind the controls. Thank you for being on the other end of the line tonight. We hope you'll make plans to be back here next week for the final edition of the Virtual Bible Study in 2010, uh, when we look forward to talking to you then. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, <laughs> study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.